Before you drive the all-new Nissan Rogue, you gotta ask yourself, how rogue are you gonna go? We talking be one with nature in the desert rogue? Go snowshoeing in Alaska rogue? Or take the long way home just because kind of rogue? Just a question, but with five available drive modes, you're sure to find the answer. Go rogue in the all-new, fiercely reimagined 2021 Nissan Rogue. Now with the most standard safety features in its class. See owner's manual for important safety information. Auto Pacific segmentation. 2021 Nissan Rogue versus latest in-market competitors. Base models compared. On today's episode of Hoop Dreams, Steve and I are diving into Kyrie Irving's attempt to throw a wrench into the NBA's return. He has gathered around 80 players to start a coalition to not play and to focus more on the Black Lives Matter movement. We also dive into the Golden State Warriors potentially getting the number one overall pick. Do they keep it or do they potentially trade it for a player like Giannis Antetokounmpo? And finally, we wrap up talking about how much it must suck to be a New York Knicks fan and to be a fan of that organization. Get comfortable and enjoy episode 16 of Hoop Dreams. Let's go. Welcome to Hoop Dreams, an unwrapped sports podcast and your mainstay for all things basketball. Here's the guys, Mark Belleville and Steve Lewis. What's going on, everybody? Welcome into episode 16 of Hoop Dreams. I'm your host, Mark Belleville. We are presented by the Unwrapped Sports Network. Uh, make sure you guys check out Unwrapped Sports on Twitter and Instagram for your latest sports news. Um, today, we're going to get talking about the latest news in the NBA, uh, all the good news that we've been hearing over the last few weeks and the getting ramped up to restart this season. Um, it looks like we might have a little wrench thrown into the scenario. Um, so to help me talk about this, as always, we got my guy, Steve Lewis, joining me. What's up, Steve? What's up, Mark? How are you tonight? I'm doing good, man. Um, the news, as you know, I'm sure you have heard by now, uh, Kyrie Irving and a Players Coalition has since the NBA voted, the Players Association has voted to return the format, the 22-team format that they voted on to return to play. Um, they had kind of second thoughts on that. So basically what's happening is this past Friday, Kyrie uh, got a little coalition together of about 80 players on a conference call uh, to talk about reasons why they shouldn't resume the season. A lot to do with the, obviously, coronavirus uh, and, and players' health, uh, but even more so to do with the Black Lives uh, Matters movement. Um, it's gaining a lot of traction, as we see, uh, with um, all the protests and everything like that, which is awesome. Um, so is it more of what we want to talk about a little bit is, you know, we definitely agree with Kyrie. We're not going to sit here like me and Steve were talking before the show. I mean, we're two white guys. We're not going to get into it. We're not going to tell Kyrie how to do his thing or the NBA players um, how to do their thing. You know, but in my opinion, um, and I'll get your opinion on this too, Steve. You know, there's a lot of things uh, that can be done um, to keep both things going, to keep the season going, and to shed light on this matter. Um, and I think you know, like we've heard from a lot of players in the league and a lot of players um, that are not, you know, current players anymore. A lot of past players um, who are talking about this, you know, there's other reasons that this, the season needs to happen as far as player salaries. You know, you got guys that aren't making as much money as the superstars. Um, so, you know, I'll, I'll get uh, your opinion on this, Steve, because the players, if they don't return this to the season, they're going to lose about one, two point, uh, $1.2 billion in salary money, you know, which, you know, to me, and I'm sure to you, man, that sounds like a lot of money. And, and a lot of these lower end role players could really use that. Yeah, I mean, in an economy like this, you know, you think a lot of these uh, bottom and bottom bench guys would probably want to play out these uh, remaining games somehow, some way. We actually had a lot of conversations that I was hearing that, a lot of these bottom guys at the, the bench were more inclined to play because they were fully in support of like the LeBron James and the Giannis's um, to be able to make their championship pushes. Like they just wanted to be there to help them along this way. And all of a sudden at the 11th hour, Kyrie Irving shows up and basically says that he doesn't want to play anymore. And it was like a double take at first because it was like, wait, like, didn't you on back in like March 3rd say that you already weren't playing anyways? So like, why are you talking about like players not playing right now in the first place? So yeah, disappointing yeah. to say the least. It was uh, kind of weird too, that you had like two weeks ago, you had the players association who had brought to a vote this format and it passed. It had a vote, and it passed unanimously. And you know, the players' association—it's 
a lot of players, uh, they felt from what I've heard, they felt that their voices weren't heard because the players association, each team has a player rep. Um, and then the player rep's job is to go back to the team and let them know everything that's going on. And he has to kind of gauge his team on what they, they want to do. And a lot of players felt like, you know, their voice wasn't being heard. And actually I had one player say that being a player rep is actually not an easy job. Uh, you're reaching out to players, you're texting them, calling them. Some players you're not getting back on. Uh, I'm sorry, they're not getting back to you. Um, so you got to kind of make a judgment call on what you think your team's going to want to do. Uh, so in that sense, uh, like I said, a lot of players felt their voice wasn't heard. And then when Kyrie Irving kind of chimed in, a lot of these players gave a second thought. They're like, hmm, yeah, maybe it isn't as safe. Or maybe doing this is going to take um, eyes off of what's you know really important and what's going on uh, with the Black Lives Matter movement um, and, and things like that. Um, so I could, I mean, I definitely get where they're coming from. Um, but I mean, to get the season back started, and, and for me, anyways, to, you know, as a casual fan, there's still going to be people that disagree with or still think there's no issues uh, in this country with you know, you know, black people and cops and everything like that. Um, and there's going to be more eyes on this bubble, on this NBA returning. Um, so you, you're going to want, in my opinion, you're going to want as many eyes on you as possible to spread your. Uh, spread the word and and do what you got to do to raise awareness for this concern. Yeah. I mean, like I said, like I agree with everything that they they're standing for and, and how they're presenting everything. And, and I've listened to a lot of interviews today about this and if they just stood for like, you know, about the virus and and not feeling comfortable with that and, and not wanting to play, then yes, I fully understand. But not playing just because of everything else that's going around it and using that as an excuse doesn't seem like it's it's justified enough in these circumstances to say anything. I listened to an interview with Rick Buecher this morning, and he said that a lot of these guys just don't want to be held down for 90 days. You know, they want to be able to go out and be social butterflies, you know, to keep them tied down in the Disney facilities. They don't think that's fair. They think they should be able to go out and, and do their own thing. And I think that kind of encapsulates what Kyrie's kind of, and those guys are kind of saying, basically like they're basically the experiment in this bubble and they're not even guaranteed that the staffers at the Disney complex are going to be in this bubble with them. Cause as far as they're known and, and the reports are being said that a lot of the staffers work at the facilities, but they're going, they're leaving the bubble or the, the bubble that is the Disney complex. They're going at home and they're going about their, their regular lives and they're coming in and going. So they think that the idea of, this quarantine setting with them being safely tested is definitely at higher risk. If these individuals that they're not being able to be able to be tracked, but yet they're tracked is not the same, I guess. But then we had the discussion yeah. that I don't think that they understand that they're millionaire basketball players and they are different from everybody else in these circumstances too. So we want, like we said, this is, this is brand new to everybody, right? We want yeah. this to work. We want this to work. You know, this virus clearly hasn't gone anywhere. We've looked around the country. We've definitely seen that states are still struggling with it. You know, we're yeah. hearing about universities with players. We just heard today about the uh, uh, Ezekiel Elliott tested positive. Um, yeah, it's still out there. This, and especially with the NFL coming back, they're starting to revamp those training camps and everything like that, and starting to have players at the facility. And a ton of Texans players and Cowboys players. Um, one noted, like you said, Zeke Elliott got tested positive. Um, so it's still out there, and I can see the NBA players being nervous because the Florida cases are actually going way up. Um, you know, I, I saw a tweet from uh, your boy, Public Enemy Number One of Hoop Dreams, Keith Smith, who actually lives in the Orlando, Florida area. Um, and he's saying that the, the, the mayor down there is, um, not having people put masks on. It's not regulated, um, or anything like that. Every day he's seen more and more people at the grocery store and all these places without masks on, um, really not, you know, doing the social distancing thing that they've been doing for the last three months. Um, so I definitely get where they're scared. Uh, but like you said, Steve, it's like the only way that these guys, you know, the NBA has protected them so much with everything that's going on and the rules that they're setting forth, like the only way these guys are going to catch anything with, you know, coronavirus is if they kind of just aren't disciplined, you know, if they, if they somehow get outside this bubble or, or, or something like that, if they just don't really follow the rules because NBA lifestyle is like, you used to being on the road, you, you go to whatever restaurants you want to go to, you, you go play golf, you go do these, uh, do these activities while you're on the road or throughout the season. And that's not, it's going to be, 
go to the game, go back to the hotel room, go to the practice, go back to your hotel room. And guys just don't want to do that for, for three months. Um, and, and I again, another thing too, is being away from your families and, and things like that. And um, even though families are going to eventually be able to show up, they're not going to be allowed to go until the second round of the playoffs. Um, and that's because they need to get teams eliminated first to accommodate more people. Um, so that, that, I guess that plays another part into it. Um, uh, but like we said, you got players like Ed Davis came out today and kind of was really going at guys like Kyrie Irving and Dwight Howard, who Dwight Howard said, he's definitely not playing. Um, and Ed Davis is like, well, it's easy for them to say, because these guys have made millions. Uh, I think the exact thing he said was it's easy for Dwight Howard to say that when he's living in his $22 million mansion in Atlanta, you know, a guy like Ed Davis, who's kind of been a journeyman, shout out the North Carolina Tar Heels, uh, who's been a journeyman in the NBA, his grinding for each and every paycheck and, and to be on a roster. Uh, so he needs that money, you know, um, and in NBA terms, I mean, he's, he's not making as much as a superstar a star would be. So, so he needs his paycheck. Um, and a, a lot of that is, is true for all the lower end guys on, on the bench. Um, like I said, at the beginning, they stand to lose $1.2 billion in salaries. You know, another thing I heard is like, why not take that 1.2 billion that you're going to make from doing this and put that towards, you know, whatever charity or, you know, black life matter movement that you want to put that to um, obviously money can go towards. And these guys do so many things with that, but you could set up something where you can put money towards that movement as well and still play the season. Um, you know, and then I had another guy like uh, our guy, Steve, big perk uh, from the Celtics. You know, I saw him on the jump with Rachel Nichols, you know, Kyrie Irving is coming out and saying, Hey man, I'm ready to give it all up. I'll give up everything for this. You know, and Kendrick Perkins is like, well, why don't you do it then? You know, he's being all talk right now and he's saying stuff, but you had a girl, uh, NBA, WNBA player, Maya Moore, last season who gave up everything to fight this battle. Um, she retired. She doesn't play anymore. She's one of the greatest women's basketball players of all time. Think of her on the terms of LeBron James in the NBA. She's one of the best to ever do it, and she just gave everything up her whole career, um, a la Colin Kaepernick, uh, for this movement. So, you know, Perk kind of had a good point. It's like, stop talking and, and, and show me something. Yeah, I mean, I listened to Stephen A. Smith uh, today, and he basically said that by not playing, you're not sending the right message. By protesting, by not playing, you're sending a terrible message. Like, you go to work, and then you continue bringing the message to the forefront. He said that the same with his job. The best you can do is you can continue protesting at your job. And then you allow the resources that you've gathered to get to the lawmakers. And then you allow the lawmakers to be able to bring their ammunition to Congress and to the Hill and to where the people need to get where this, the laws need to be changed to be able to do what they need to do. So the idea that he feels like they, he, they need to be able to do this, it just really makes no sense. It just doesn't make any sense to me. So hopefully the they, they figure it out and the nba gets their act together and and get it together I, I you know at the end of the day i don't think it's gonna think it's gonna matter because you have the superstar players like you said they had the uh, Giannis's and the lebrons you know and the steph curry's and the hardens and these guys are all for restart in the season i think pat beverly said at best he had a quote that's like it doesn't matter what we want if lebron james says we're gonna hoop then we're gonna hoop like everybody's just kind of following his lead. It's like whatever King James says goes, um, you know, and to, you know, a point that you made earlier um, before we started the show is in all of this, you know, LeBron James has really become, you know, one of the more likable guys in, in our book. He was probably more of, you know, one of the more hated guys because obviously us being Celtics fans and the battles he had, you know, with the Celtics and everything like that. And the things, he, uh, you know, they went through, um, you know, we were always against LeBron, but like we said, like this guy is really proven that like, Hey man, he wants to get out to his competitive edge. It's he's got that fire right now. He wants to get out there, compete, win a championship. Um, he's really become in all of this really likable because he's doing both. He's doing whatever he can to support the movement, whatever he has to do. He's voicing his word, whether it's with an Instagram post or a Twitter post. He's out there on social mil uh, media for his millions of followers to see um, and to read his posts. Uh, but he's also on the on front is like, let's do this, man. Let's get back into the swing of things. Let's get basketball back and let's go get this championship. I just know that we live in a very viral social media world and we didn't hear anything from these players in March and April 
in May, even early June, when all these talks were going on about what was going to happen with the NBA season or any of their ideas or any disagreements about not playing. The only conversations that we heard was that Damian Lillard was mad about a playoff structure. That was it. <laughs> that was it. Like that was it. Like the vote, the votes on that everybody wanted to hoop. Like, so this coming out like that, it just, to me was it just doesn't make any sense. I yeah. Just, I mean, like I said, like we, we can't ever, it's just like talking to a person that's in the army about something at like with war, like you can, I, I can never put myself in their in their position with anything like that. So no, cause we don't know. That, We're not in their I shoes. Always, yeah. I always got to give them the benefit of the doubt, like 110%. So I have to be okay with everything that's happening. And like I said, the virus is still there. And, and their concerns about stuff like that, like, I get it 110%. But I don't get it from where Kyrie and Avery Bradley and Dwight Howard, which I also brought up to you, like, sadly enough, like, his his uh, son's mother passed away in, in early March. So, like, that's another thing that he's had to take on since this whole thing happened, like, as being a full-time father. So I'm sure that's just another added thing to his dish right now that he's probably taking on saying that maybe I don't want to play basketball that much either right now because there's a lot of other things going on. I don't want to speculate on that, but it was just Dwight Howard. Yeah, that could was, be a possibility. I mean, Dwight Howard gets... was just a weird name out of all those players to stand up and, and join. Kyrie clearly didn't shock me at all. Like, you know, no, you know, I mean, that's just us being Boston guys, right? Like we can't, like, but like, look at Kyrie though. Like just the, like, well, just basketball wise, like he went from not wanting to play with one of the greatest players ever, the best player of this generation, um, to forcing a trade to Boston playing one of the, for the great, one of the greatest young coaches, um, that there's been in the league in a long time, actually complimenting the coach saying how much of a genius he is. And we know how Kyrie likes to think, you know, he's always like try to get three, four steps ahead of everybody. Um, you know, earth is flat. We know it's whatever, whatever is going through his mind. He doesn't think outside the box. He thinks outside of that box that he's. Thinking. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's where Kyrie's thinking. About. You know, he's, uh, we've seen even early on in, in, um, you know, he basically got Kenny Atkinson fired in New Jersey. You know, yeah, he ruined yeah. the, he ruined the chemistry and with the Celtics, like look at just the difference between Boston last year and this year. And that, and that's the point. Like, I don't want people to think like when people slam Kyrie, like it's just over like the, the him like halting basketball. Like for for many people, like there there's a lot of things that Kyrie's done over the last three four years that yeah. are questionable. And you've seen the stuff that he's done too. And like, I don't want to. I don't want to. You know, we talked about this before the show, and I don't think that this is part of it, but. As soon as it says that the NBA says that Kyrie's not allowed to go to the bubble to cheer on the Nets because he it just he takes up space, he can't be in there because there's limited personnel. Then all of a sudden this thing comes out where he's getting a bunch of players together, saying how he doesn't want to resume the NBA season. You know, it's I I, I don't want to say that's the reason why, and 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 it is truly because of everything that's going on, like we said. Um, but I wouldn't put me past Kyrie if that wasn't like in the back of his mind saying like, you know what, I can't go, I can't root up, root my team on. That's it. Nobody's gonna go play. I think I, I think I said it to you two episodes ago when you announced when the season was finally gonna start. I think I said to you, I go, we are a long way away from July thirty first. And well, it's actually July thirtieth now. Well, sorry, and, <laughs> they just that actually just changed too. And I didn't even see Kyrie Irving coming. <laughs> No, I, I I said it so skeptical. Like I was like, it's a long way to go before this season actually. Well, you gets wouldn't even up. have thought. Like you wouldn't even have seen any of this coming because everything Didn't that you heard, dude. You, any everything that you heard up to this was all good news. Everything slowly, week by week, was gaining traction. You know where are they going to have the season? All right, boom, Disney World. We got it. We're going to Disney World. Owners, you got to vote on this uh, uh, format. Twenty-two teams. All right, boom, we got it. Next week, players, vote on it. Boom, pass. No problem. And all of a sudden, we're like, all right, let's just wait till the 30th. We're going to be good to go. And then I don't know where. Kyrie Irving Irvin. of a coalition did not see that one. Coming. Dude, I think I tweeted it. I was like, Kyrie Irving doing the most <laughs> Kyrie Irving thing possible right now. You know, I just I didn't even see right? like, He's actually getting a ton of backlash. Like, If you look at Twitter and stuff like that, he's getting crazy backlash from 
every like a lot of the media members and a lot of former players that are like, listen, we like we got to play this season. There's a lot at stake here for players, like we said, with salaries. There's a lot at stake with um, next season. You know, if the players don't return, the owners can tear up the uh, collective bargain agreement. Right now, the CBA is a 50-50 split in revenue between the owners and the players. Listen, I'm not going to – no one's knocking the message. The message is fine. We get it. Yeah, it's kind of like what's going on with our local donut. We have a local local donut shop around here. It's called Ali's Donuts, and with everything that was going on with the police issues, Ali's Donuts turned around and the owner wiped away. They had a police, police and military discount. Police military discount at their place, and for some reason, the owner wanted to quit create equality and wipe that discount right away when everything happened, and basically announced it. As like it was like a badge of honor, dude. And they probably it, took a huge hit in business because I mean we know in a cops huge, love donuts, man. A huge way. Oh yeah, yeah. tons of backlash. Every yeah, every but now now yeah now they have protests. Oh yeah, every day, every, every day, day they got protests over that. So, you know, it's you know it's one of those things where like like we said we we understand it, uh, we understand you know the movement and everything like that. Um, like I said, me personally, I just think you need, in order to really make a change, you need the most eyes on your message as possible. And we've seen with the last dance and with that celebrity golf match between Tiger and Phil and, uh, Tom Brady and Peyton Manning that drew 6 million viewers. It was the highest viewed golf match there was out viewed major championships and Ryder cups. If people are dying for sports, like if you get the Dude. NBA back, who's already one of the most popular sports, everybody's going to be watching it dying for anything. So we just talked about, we talked, we did episodes on the last dance. So last night yeah. they, they did a 30 for 30 on the summer. McGuire and Sosa. Yeah. Why Sosa home run chase, like electric. Like I was thinking it was like, Oh, this 30, 30 is going to be fantastic. Like we're going to get into the steroid era that they, like, they're going to be interviewing these guys. They're going to open up about their, congressional hearings the steroids like it's it's a 30 for 30 like we're we're gonna learn new stuff dude it was basically a rerun of the 98 season they basically just showed these guys home runs it was basically mark mcguire (laughs) the whole time that was it they talked to sammy sosa for two minutes of the whole thing like they didn't talk about any of the steroid stuff no there was no new information there was nothing like I thought it was going to be kind of like what they did with the last dance. Like, you know how they kept flashing forward to 98 and then flashing back to like a, a time. And then they kept getting closer as the episodes get going on. Yeah. I thought they were going to like do flash forwards to like back to like the hearings in 2004, back to the home run chase in 98. Dude, yeah. it was a rerun of the 98 season. But like your idea. Who wants to see that? Yeah, but your idea of sports period, like I was looking forward to that 30 for 30. Like it was the last dance, Michael Jordan. I was like, this is everything that I want. I was like, I get live golf and I get a 30 for 30 on the same day. Like, what did Dude, I do to deserve this? Golf, in the, in golf the made to come back in a big way. <laughs> I was like, this is the most electric Sunday that I've had in the last three months. Long time. But just think about like, now those are the, those, those sports. Now think about a sport as popular as basketball. You know, worldwide, how how global basketball is, and all these other countries and everything like that, and you're gonna get all those eyes, uh, you know, on that bubble. You know, and you're gonna get like the number one, you're gonna get people who, you know, say you're protesting and everything like that, and you're going with with the protests, and which is great. You're gonna have eyes on the protests, but the only people that are gonna be watching those protests are people who actually care about the movement. People who don't care about it aren't gonna watch it. You might have somebody who doesn't care about the protest that's not watching it that actually does care about basketball as a basketball fan. Now you're going to get them viewed uh, to view the basketball games. So you're going to get everybody's eyes on basketball. Now, when you're playing basketball, do what you're going to do. Wear a shirt that has a message on it. Kneel at Santa Court. Uh, put some of the salaries towards whatever whatever it is. The more yeah, eyes, the easier yeah, your message is going to come. The yeah. shirts resonate with me to this day. I will it's something, it's something you'll never forget, right? Yeah. Like, I'll never forget, like, that movement with those things that they introduced as warm-up shirts at the game. Like, that, that's a great representation of, like, why they should be yeah. doing stuff at a basketball game. But I think the idea is there's not going to be fans around to be able to support it, maybe. I mean, like, there's, not gonna you... be fa- there's not going to be fans there at the games, but there's fans everywhere watching. Like, they're still going to be able to see it. You know, around here, we get... 
you know, Jalen Brown um, and Malcolm Brogdon were actually out in protest as well as other NBA players, you know, but you might get fans who don't even know that. You know what I mean? Like they're not even seeing these players in the pros. They're going to remember Jalen Brown hitting a game winning three. If he does, but they're not going to remember him protesting because their eyes aren't on that. They want to be on basketball. You know what I mean? So like, like I said, for me, and I've said this a million times, I just think it's easier to get your message across the more people that see it. Yeah. But I mean, I, I mean, bet, I guess I that's, think I guess Jaylen, that's common sense. I bet, I bet you that Jalen Brown definitely gained more fans though, by definitely making his voice heard and being part of the movement. Yes. Whenever. He down. has, but the people that are trying to reach, I mean, the people that you're trying to reach in this movement are people that don't think there's a problem in this country, right? Those are the people you want to change their minds and be like, hey, man, you're have them to see. Their, I think you're just trying to make people. The perspe- yeah, yeah, make them understand. No, just shake them and, and, and make them, yeah, like, no. Santa Bucks are back at Meyer Now through Saturday, you decide what's on sale and save even more on the things you love. Like a Nintendo Switch Lite, just $199.99. Or a fur real Mama Josie the Kangaroo for $49.99. And save time and get your groceries delivered with Meyer Home Delivery. So you can stay out of the elements on these chilly winter days. Enjoy the great deals at Meyer. Exclusions apply. Visit Meyer.com to get started. Like, alert them. Like, like this is going on. Like, understand like and and understand the rationale that we've been trying like it's like the drew Brees thing like yeah. I, like anybody and anybody and everybody knows that drew Brees isn't a bad guy you know but he definitely just did not understand like what the whole kneeling with colin kaepernick no. was about which i don't get how you can't understand that after like, that's like crazy right like after all these years like he still didn't know that it had nothing to do with disrespecting the flag with the military yep. It was not, and nothing like it didn't matter anything about that. But for yeah. some reason, like that's like that the first thing that he thinks about, like with the flag, is, with kneeling, is he would never do it because it's disrespectful to the military, and he has and he had family that served. Like that's just that's the idea with all of this is like even as good as Drew Brees is, and you think is as a person, and living in a highly diverse uh, population down in New Orleans, yep, um, you figure that a guy that's so well beloved would get it the most. And I think he'd understand with everything that he's done for that city too. And even he struggled with understanding what Colin Kaepernick was trying to do. And I think that was one of the most profound things like having like Shannon Sharp on national TV tell calling him out saying that he should retire because he's just lost everybody at this point. Yeah. Because Shannon said it best. Like if Drew Brees doesn't understand then, then nobody really should really understands, and we're way behind because we need people like Drew Brees, powerful white men that have reach in this. In oh, this that country. have a big platform like they yeah. do, and that are as popular as they are. You know, I think one of the biggest um, people who have kind of done a, a complete one eighty on this, um, especially with his comments today, has been Roger Goodell. You know, I'm not here to say I'm not going to say Roger Goodell. You know is a racist or anything like that. Yeah, I know. Like we don't really like Roger Goodell, but Roger Goodell is somebody who, you know, he came out after all this happened with the George Floyd thing. They had that thing where he was talking, you know, NFL stands with the black community and everything like that. Um, And then today he actually came out and said, Hey man, we would love a team to sign Colin Kaepernick. We want to, you know, we, we invite him into our round table. We want to have him in on discussions about ways that we can help these communities and things like that. And this wasn't stuff that he was saying before. Go ahead. You, so what did you say the first thing that Roger Goodell had to, to talk we about? We stand with the black community, and that was after the NFL players made a video. I get it. Yeah, but do you know why the NFL players made a video? Why they did it? That was yeah, made so they could get the NFL to, to that was see made, what's going that on. That was made by an NFL employee that worked for the NFL and Roger Goodell that went un, went behind his back Ooh, and, I like and, that. and made, the, made that video with the players. And basically held that at gunpoint to be able to show that. And that first response by Roger Goodell was basically like, I have no choice but to respond to this video that was posted. <laughs> I got to say something. Yeah. I got to say like, something. So sincerely, like, like ever, and, and anybody that knew that, like, didn't really know if Roger really meant it because he had. Yeah, no but who knows? Like, did Drew Brees mean it? Look at Drew Brees' apology. Did he really mean it? Like, we know Drew's a good guy, but, like, yeah, did Drew Brees mean his apology? Like, Brees' first thing that he said, and the question that he was asked, he wasn't even asked 
about the flag and everything like that. You know what I mean? He just ultimately came out just right away and said, I will never kneel for, against the, you know, uh, stand you, against the American flag or the so troops. It was like a bunch of, I, I, I've heard. He didn't say sorry. He had a bunch of backlash either. So like Drew Brees has done so much good. Right. And then he makes yeah. one, one clerical mistake or one mistake verbally and we, and everybody bashes him for it. Will everybody remember that Drew Brees for that comment or remember all the good things that Drew Brees did? And it's like the idea somebody said, dude, I don't know if you saw like, if you saw, I mean, you're on Twitter, man. If you've seen the internet, the way they were going at Drew Brees, it's like what he did for the that, internet. what he did for new Orleans when Katrina was after Katrina. It's like, nobody remembered that. No, but that's my point. Like if JJ Watt did that, like would everybody just like, forget that J.J. Watt was like man of the year two years in a row? Yeah. And that would not matter anymore? Like that, like what but J.J. Watt did the, but J.J. Watt did, uh, I'm sorry, J.J. Watt did the right thing. Like if you've seen the, somebody had commented and said, I bet you J.J. Watt won't uh, kneel for the national anthem and J.J. Watt commented no, no. on it. He's like, Listen to me. don't, don't put Listen yourself in my I'm, shoes. Don't, you can't, don't, t- don't tell people what I'm going to do and what I'm not going to do. No, but I'm saying like if J.J. Watt said what Drew Brees said, like, would people forget about all the good J.J. Watts done and just hold what Drew Brees it would be the was same, It would be the same exact situation as Drew Brees was in. And that's and that's the point, right? Like, so, like, that's crazy. Like, but that's how quickly it can change on you, right? Yeah, that's true. I mean, and the, one of the biggest things is, too, is, like, we're sitting here, like, and everybody's saying this as well. Like we said, is Drew Brees' apology really sincere? Does he really mean it? You know, well, the first step to people changing and getting more eyes on this thing is that they got to admit that they were wrong about their views first. And then they're meant that admit that they're going to do whatever it takes to help drive the conversation and and do what they can do to change um, everything that's going on. So regardless, if you think he didn't mean it or not, you got to kind of take his word on it and then hope that he follows through and and does good by, you know, what he said he's going to do. Listen, like it's, it's one of those things that like his comments personally don't, don't affect me and I can't put myself in somebody else's shoes. So like if they, if their perspective has changed because it's like, I always said about Tom Brady, like I idolize Tom Brady, the football player, but I don't think I would be friends with Tom Brady off the field. I personally, you don't think a lot of his views I, I, I appreciate <laughs> or like, so yeah. Know, so it's one of those things. Like, can you separate the fact that like, maybe you don't think Drew Brees is the greatest guy in the world, but at the same time, like, apology i mean what, what else is he supposed to do double down <laughs> yeah <laughs> like you know like it was like you think you'd get more respect if the guy if he doubled down if you'd be like oh well yeah no, like I, you know i stand by what i say <laughs> house probably would have got burnt down like, yeah, yeah. So, i hear you yeah for sure um, so, you know, after all this, man, I think, like I said, I think the, the season's still, regardless of what Kyrie's trying to do and the, and what he's trying to, you know, get these players to, to agree upon. I think the season still happens. Like I said, I think there's just too much to lose. Um, and as far as going into the next year, like we talked about, there could be a lockout. If the owners tear up that CBA, like I said before earlier, it was a 50, 50 split in revenue and they could make it a more owner friendly collective bargain agreement which would then force the players into a lockout um and it could get pretty ugly kind of like we're seeing with the you know with baseball um and, and everything like that so let's hope it doesn't get to that point and that the season still resumes on the 30th um and and i and i think it does um so from there on though we're going to get into another little fun topic me and steve were kind of debating this before um and you know we're talking about the uh the draft the nba draft so we got the lottery coming up on the 25th of august and the team with the best best odds at the number one pick right now is the Golden State Warriors. Um, so if they do land the number one overall pick, we were thinking, you know, what is it going to take for the Warriors to get Giannis um, over to them? So um, is it going to be number one pick? Uh, is it, you know, players, you know, Steve, I'll let you start on this, man. What do, you, what do you think it'll take? You know, what do you think the Warriors might do with that number one pick? Are they going to trade it or draft somebody? Well, we've heard the speculation with Giannis that that's always been a de- possible destination. And obviously with the dominance they have with Kevin Durant, we can only have, can imagine the kind of dominance the Warriors would be able to have with Giannis as another paired superstar with Steph Curry and Clay Thompson and Mr. Triple Single, Draymond Green. So, <laughs> which I'm assuming he'll get back his triple-double status if you got uh, Giannis alongside of him. But the idea that they added uh, Wiggins for uh, 
think it was Russell in that trade earlier in the season. And if they get the number one overall pick and one year left on that deal with Milwaukee and, and a foot out the door, you have to assume that a first overall pick and Andrew Wiggins would might be enough. Assuming that he just got re-signed to it, I think it was a new a new the idea was like if they're able to flip Andrew Wiggins and and Milwaukee has to sit there and be like, well, we could get another three or four years with Andrew Wiggins. And like you said, the idea was having Wiggins in Milwaukee for another, you know, three to four years. Um, like I said, guys, you know, I think Giannis is, you know, obviously a great player, but we saw the haul that it took um, to get Anthony Davis from the uh, New Orleans Pelicans. So it's going to take multiple picks and, and multiple players to get Giannis away from Milwaukee in a trade. Giannis at this point is a better player than Anthony Davis. Um, so it's going to take a lot more than I think what the Lakers gave up to get Anthony Davis. Now, I don't know if the Warriors have enough young pieces to give up. I know they got multiple picks with potentially the number one overall pick in this coming draft as assuming they win the lottery. Uh, but it's going to take guys like um, it's going to take a um, Andrew Wiggins, a number one pick, multiple picks, um, the trade package, you could kind of look at basically what the Lakers got for, I mean, I'm sorry, the Pelicans got for Anthony Davis kind of as a similar trade package. Cause obviously those are two similar types of players as far as superstars between Giannis and, and Anthony Davis. And it took multiple picks and multiple players. So even with the number one overall pick, I don't think that's enough with just that in Andrew Wiggins. I think you're going to get have to get more players and more picks in order for that trade to work out, whether it's multiple first-round picks, um, Andrew Wiggins, Kevon Looney. Uh, they don't have, I mean, much young talent right now. Who cares? Yeah, you give up whoever you have to give up. But I'm Who just cares? saying I'm, that's for Golden State. Who cares? You give up whoever you give up. But I'm saying for Milwaukee. Steve Kerr. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Budenholz is a good coach. They have a good coach. Who cares? Budenholz, they don't need him anymore. Budenholz is a great coach, man. They could like Steph Curry can run the team after if they get Giannis. Giannis <laughs> yeah, sorry. Yeah. Um. So, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, does Milwaukee do that? Do they take multiple picks and like Andrew Wiggins and Looney and the, you know, the other players that aren't? I mean, as far as I don't, I'm concerned. Like the, their talent, their young talent, isn't as good as what the Lakers gave up for Anthony Davis. I just think it would take a lot for that to happen. You're definitely right. I, I just I think that it's just crazy that. With everything going on, we, we're just clamoring for basketball so much, but we're seeing a Golden State team that, when healthy, will compete for an NBA championship as is, and they're juicing up an asset that I think the league's not ready for in the coming seasons. So I Yeah, it's it was, wild. It's wild that nobody's talking about them. I mean, there's a lot going on. So with when I was like looking at it the other day, and I was like, wow, I was like, they, they were considerably the worst team in the NBA this year. So they have a realistic shot of getting that number one overall pick. We were talking that there wasn't, besides the old mellow ball, the kid from Memphis, Wiseman. It wasn't Wiseman, really an impressive yeah. top top. Anthony draft. Edwards from Georgia. There wasn't. Yeah, it's not really. There's no legitimate like superstar number one pick where you're like, this is my guy. But you figured that with Wiggins' money in the contract, wherever that would definitely be a good piece that'd be able to be moved. And you would have to. You would have better. to move him. Yeah, you would have to move Wiggins to to make it work. I just like, think it's way too much of a gamble if you're Milwaukee to keep Giannis under contract for another year with all the speculation. Unless you really know you're going to be able to get a contract done prior to that season getting started, and allow that season to go on, and then him bolt and get nothing for him. Like that's a yeah. heck of a package to not take. For nothing. Yeah, you don't want to lose him for nothing. But like I said, you kind of get a hint like if Giannis doesn't sign in free agency, um, the super max that he, that he can get offered, then it's kind of like, all right, he's not going to stay. Because like, why would you give up all that money? You know, if you're not going to stay, in, in, if you're going to stay in Milwaukee, like you would just sign that contract extension and get and take that money. You know what I mean? So if they let it go a year, if Giannis doesn't sign that and they let it go into the following year, they're not going to have that well, Golden State option anyway. Like Golden State then at that point wouldn't have the number one pick because we'd already be into the following season. So if you wait until the following season, like at that trade deadline, your trade package from whatever team goes significantly down because then you don't know what the picks are. You don't know, you know, obviously the potential of having a number one pick. You're not probably going to get that next year, depending on what team has it. Um, 
So you just don't know what you're, what you're going to get. Um, and, and this year, if they, if a package comes up, that's good enough. It's something you might want to, you know, might want to consider, but I don't know. He's honest. He's, he's one of the, he's just probably top three player in the NBA. Like you can't just, just start trading him. Even if they could get a nice package, you kind of want to hold on to him as long as possible to try to convince him and make it work that to make just him. Stay in not a, it's just not a destination, you know? Like, so it's, you're never, you're never going to get a big time free agent to say, you know what? I'm going to go up to Milwaukee. Yeah. I'm going to go play for the bucks. It's not going to happen. So unless he see, and I think it really depends on this year. If that team does not make the finals, he's gone. Yeah. you Yeah. You would have figured something he's out. If yeah. If they don't make the finals, you got to figure something out because if, if it gets to another seven game series and he gets, he gets guarded off at the fall line again. And you see that like teams just know how to stop that. And that's your biggest asset, and and that's how you get derailed in a seven game series. Like you, you might have to figure it out somewhere else, and maybe he might have to turn around and, and go to Golden State and, and do that. Like it'd be bad for the rest of the league. It yeah, really would. Got, we're gonna have two Kevin Durant situations. Dudes just chasing championships. That's but why that I respect. Team, that's why I respect. Oh, that team would be unbelievable. How do you beat that team? You've got great. You got great length. You've got great shooters. I don't even know, and you got a great, def- and you got a guy that can defend all five positions for yeah. you, and he's and he's your use- most useless player on the court. So yeah. that's that's a really tough that's team tough. to beat. Yeah, but they see. I think Kevin Durant fit that team a lot better because of his, his scoring ability, his three point shooting, and everything like that. Like the only shooters they're really going to have on that team is just Stephen Clay. I mean, who else do you need? They're the best shooters in the NBA, Mark. Yeah, I know, but you still need more than that. You still need to space the floor and have more than two shooters on the t- on the floor at any time. Why? They're the best shooters in the NBA. Because you still need more than two shooters. Like That's why uh, Durant works so well um, and all these other guys that are able to shoot. Why is LeBron so good? How, think of all the teams that LeBron has won championships on. It's LeBron at the top, and he's just surrounded by shooters all the way around. Like That's just what the NBA is nowadays. Mark, you're gonna have to double unless you have Giannis running, the, you know, up top and just trying to drive the lane and kicking out to Stephen Clay. Like they're gonna have to drop down and try to like contend the bucket, and those shooters are just gonna be able to do whatever they want. I'm not and, saying it's not gonna work. I'm just saying like I think you could argue that Kevin Durant, when he was there, that situation fit better than what Giannis was fit. Like Steph Curry is the best shooter off the dribble in NBA history, correct? Yeah, ever. So like that guy doesn't need that guy creates his own space. Yeah, but to me, Kevin Durant's the second best player in the league when healthy, behind LeBron. That, that's fair, but the, I mean they dominated. Okay. okay. You don't think a, you don't think Giannis would they they would be just as dominant? Yeah, I didn't say I feel, it's not going like to work. I think the, that we'd have the discussion like what Warriors team was better than the other the the KD Warriors team or the Giannis Warriors. Yeah, team. that's what I'm saying. You could have a legit argument that one fits the other. And then neither will win as much as the team, the Warriors team that went seventy three and nine that, that didn't have either. <laughs> so I, I almost hope that you you maybe want Milwaukee to make a run, and then hope that Milwaukee snags him and keeps him locked down, just just to hope that the balance shift doesn't doesn't. Yeah, you don't want burn. like this has been one of the mo- most fun years in the NBA because there's was legitimate like a number of teams that could win a championship. It wasn't like you ran into the end. You were like. Golden State's going to win the championship this year. And you know what? They're going to be playing the Cleveland Cavaliers. Like, we haven't had that this year. There's not been like, you know what? It's going to be Lakers. It's going to be Bucks. There's been people saying it's going to be Clippers. There's been people now that are thinking Raptors and Celtics have a shot to get to the finals. You know, so there's multiple teams involved in this and not just the normal two. It just makes for a better NBA, a more competitive NBA. How how does a team so perfectly do it, like like Golden State, like have a dynasty and – and then it perfectly set up to be able to just have a bad season, even though they knew it was going to be a bad season, and perfectly end up, if possibly, with the number one overall pick. Like, well, it all st- it all started because of the drafting, dude. Like when they had Mark Jackson, and you get Steph no, in there, no, 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 Clay no. In there and I'm Draymond. not talking about like their their rise to what they are. I'm talking about the way it ended with Kevin, the, all the championships, and then you you think that a team is going to eventually hit a wall, but they're not going to be that bad. But yet somehow they end up being the worst team yet. Everybody with a brain knows that team is Dude, that's a top, be- yeah, but a that's top because they, they all in the Western Conference if they're healthy this year. Yeah, and that's what happened. They just all got hurt. It just like the stars aligned. They were like, "All right, KD's going to leave. But Steph's going to get hurt. 
Clay's yeah. gonna tear his Achilles. I like, know and then and then Draymond Green's gonna be the guy who Draymond but Green sucks are, when he's the guy. He's not. He can't be the guy. But it's laughable that there are teams that are consistently bad every single year, like the Knicks, and and these guys that and and they never get the number one overall pick. And you no. have you have teams that dominate like the Warriors year after year after year, and that fan base has to suffer for one year, for one year, and in return for that one year of suffering, they're probably going to get the number one overall pick overall. Maybe. Or it could be the Knicks because the Knicks have the second best odds. Like, <laughs> you either get the championship or you get the number one overall pick. That's not bad. No, it's not terrible. But like, I'm sure. That's like bad. I'm sure. Like as a fan, like if you were a Golden State fan, what would you rather have? Would you would rather just have everybody be healthy and go have a run at a championship? Sure, but I'm of just course. saying, like, if the alternative when you knew going into the season that everyone was hurt and no one was going to play, that you knew you were going to not be a playoff team. The uh, the obvious goal is you might as well just be the worst team. In the well, basketball. see, no, you didn't know you were, because at the beginning of the year, Steph was healthy. Yeah, but you knew Clay was going to be out. Yeah, for the season, but you don't think in the, in the, you don't think the Warriors with Steph and Draymond, and at that time they had D'Angelo Russell. You don't think that team could have been the eighth seed in the West over Memphis or the seventh seed or the sixth seed? Like they Maybe. could have made a run. They could have made a run at the playoffs for sure. Maybe. Dude, Steph's the second greatest point guard of all time. One of the best, he's the only unanimous MVP. Like that guy, when he's on, is just he's just so dominant. Like they, he would have led them to the playoffs in some way. He would have found a way to get there. All I'm saying is they gave up on D'Angelo Russell really quick. Yeah, but he doesn't. He didn't fit. Like, I mean, some pe- some people think that they did that on purpose. To what do you mean to get him to to go there? To sign maybe him, they and, to be, and maybe the, they wanted to be bad. Eh, maybe he just didn't. He doesn't. He doesn't fit like what they want to do in the future. They had a hole at the three guard, like the wing, that wing position, and so they needed to fill it. So that's why they went and got Wiggins. Because then you have Clay, Steph, Wiggins, Draymond. It just the team fits better. I just think it's pretty good living when you can be a champion most years and then get the number one overall. <laughs> and then the one pick. that when you have one year of misery. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Knicks never win a championship, never get a one pick. They always get like the worst pick, like the four. And that's going to happen again. Dude, if I was the if I was the NBA, like you want New York to be good. You want that market to, to be good. Like, why don't you just like, I guess, rig it and give the Knicks the number one pick? Just, just, just one time. Up. Just that's one time. Team. That's an organization that's in shambles. Yeah, that's a, that's a story. That's for an ownership podcast. that I like that makes too much money and, and has no me. Like everybody hates them. But why are they going to give up an or, an ownership when they make so much money? Yeah, yeah. Think about that. They suck. I agree. Every year, and they are the rich, one of the richest organizations in all of sports. Yeah, that that doesn't even make any sense. No, you it want to they don't win games. Something like Knicks fans need to protest their team, like boycott that team, like don't show yeah. up. Yeah, that's MSG still gets sold out. You know, even if Dolan is kick, Dolan's kicking out Charles Oakley. Spike Lee had a situation last year where they wouldn't let him in the building. Have you, you been know, to Madison no- Square Garden? Yes, I have. It's an unbelievable venue. It's great. It's when awesome I went place to the, to Big, East, to the Big East tournament. Like it was, it was awesome. Yeah, they have the best. They just don't have the team to put in it. Yeah, that's you know, it. So I I get the stadium aspect, like why people want to go, especially in the in the big city. So, so you understand why they're so profitable, why they make so much money. No, and I mean, and, <laughs> and, but and, and it's also income too. Like New Yorkers like live on a different income than everybody else. Like standard life of living is triple what we have to pay down here, if not quadruple. Yeah. You know, and and Agreed. they get paid, and they get paid that way because their price of living is that the way much. they so, live. Yeah, exactly. Price so of living is the higher. Knicks might stink. But that, but a hundred and forty dollars to go see a stinky team is just kind of like going to a a minor league team for most people. Like it's a throwaway. So they 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 yes. just see it. They just see it as an outing to go to the next game. So agreed. But <laughs> all right, they, so I agree with you, man. The Knicks, they're just they're they're a train wreck. You know, they're not going to be they're not going to be good now. They're not going to be good for a while. It's going to take a lot to turn that franchise around. You know, so to wrap to wrap things up, man. Like, like I said, we're coming down to the end of the episode, man. I think what we learned today is it's great to be the Golden State Warriors, right? Sucks to be the New York Knicks, and no matter what's going on, I still think the NBA is coming back. 
I think you can agree with me too that they're going to find a way to get this thing done, and we're we're still just as excited for it as we've been these last few weeks with all the news that that they're coming back. So, um, stay tuned, guys. If there's anything more, any more breaking news, we'll have it on you know episode another episode of Hoop Dreams, and we'll be back talking to you guys next week. Peace, guys. Ciao. Thanks again for listening to episode 16 of Hoop Dreams. Make sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And while you're there listening, please leave us a review. Also, make sure to follow me on Twitter at HoopDreams underscore MB. And also follow my co-host Steve Lewis at SLewis5656 for all the latest updates with the show. We are now live streaming all our episodes and love interacting with our listeners. If you'd like to tune into one of our episodes, just stay tuned to our Twitter pages and we'll update you on when we're going to be going live. We will be back with another episode next week. But until then, remember to always follow your hoop dreams. Bucks are back at Meyer. Now through Saturday, you decide what's on sale and save even more on the things you love. Like a Nintendo Switch Lite, just $199.99. Or an LOL Surprise OMG 2020 collection for $39.99. And save time and get your groceries delivered with Meyer Home Delivery. So you can stay out of the elements on these chilly winter days. Enjoy the great deals at Meyer. Exclusions apply. Visit Meyer.com to get started.